Have you ever had a time in your life when you thought, there is no way that this wasn't like a miracle? God had to be at work here. Uh, I certainly have had those moments, little and big. And the question is, how do we recognize God when it isn't so clearly some big thing? I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our parenting department. And Danny, the ordinary. Seeing God in the ordinary, that's a challenge. I know you've been really intentional with your kids. Share just a couple of ways that you helped Alex and Lexi see this is actually God at work. Mm. John, one of my favorites is this one. I'm remembering back when we were doing gardening together, Mm. and it hit me all of a sudden. Hey, show your kids all the different ways that God has created miracles all around them as, as, as you're walking through the garden. And gardens are good examples. And uh, we grabbed uh, different ones that smelled uh, a certain way. So I grabbed uh, lavender and chamomile, and I say, hey, smell. Isn't it amazing that God created this to perfume the air in, in an amazing way? And then we tasted some of the other leaves. There was some anise, uh, some hyssop that tastes just like black licorice, and they were amazed. And then stevia, the stevia leaf that tasted like sugar, and they're going, no way. They were just amazed by the differences that we could find in plants. Now, one of the things was I told them, hey, there's certain ones you just don't eat. Yeah, you're not going right? to try <laughs> You're not just going to grab yeah. and eat. And so we had to talk through that. But we talked about the miracles of how God has designed everything to every single detail. We grabbed flowers, and we looked to the detail of the flower, I said, that's, God has designed all of this, but you guys are his creation, but you guys are a masterpiece of his creation. And uh, he has designed each person differently, just like these flowers, just like each of these plants, each one is uniquely designed and made, and you are too. What a blessing that is, and we're surrounded by that. Let's not miss those. So we did a poster board. We created a poster board as a family, and uh, we began to put things we are thankful for that we may overlook. Uh, I think I put chair. You know, I was thankful for chairs that we could sit on. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I thankful did a table for <laughs> because I can draw a table easier. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thankful for smiles, kombucha. I put that yeah. on there, yeah. uh, and we started to see how many different things we can be thankful for each day that we don't pause and notice. That helped us get in the discipline of looking around us and saying, "Hey, where where is God's design?" Because we can't get far from it. Yeah. Well, that's a great operating uh, assumption that God's at work. Am I looking for him? And and oftentimes the uh, evidences of God working are, are right in front of us. Yes. Uh, let's go ahead and continue this uh, theme for today's show and hear more from a conversation Jim Daly and I had with author Courtney Ellis. And uh, she shared some very practical ideas to teach her kids to see and recognize and thank God for his goodness. Let me take us back to dinner because I think it's so important. We do a lot of review of the research that comes out on family, et cetera. I think we're hopefully one of the best informed organizations on the data on family, marriage, parenting. One of the key things is having a meal together. Mm -hmm. And again, I give Jean such great credit. She was good. I mean, I bet uh, certainly when I wasn't traveling, when I'm at home, 100%. We had dinner pretty much at 6 o'clock every night, very predictable put the technology away and we'd sit at the table. I'm proud to say that I think I got Trent and Troy to blow some milk out of their nose from time to time with a little (laughs) bit of laughter. It did become my goal, (laughs) but it's just having fun. It's that communion as a family. You you were big on that as well and adding that spiritual discipline and, and talking through spiritual things. Explain what you did at dinner. So we tied the spiritual practice of the examine to our family dinners and that is 
to put it in the simplest terms, just thinking about where you noticed God in your day. So oh, the good. high of your day and the low of your day and where you noticed God. That's and good. yeah, it's from the Jesuit tradition and Jesuits were people on the go who needed time to reflect at the end of their day of where they noticed God at work. And so we would do this and you could do this with tiny, tiny kids. We started it when Lincoln was three years old and we would say, you know, it was the best part of your day and the worst part of your day and where did you see God? I think there are a lot of families who love to take this meal time together, but then there are some that can't. Um, we have a lot of families in our church who they, they work in law enforcement or things where the schedules just don't right, line that's up. Fair. And so if you can choose another time, you can do breakfast, you could do bedtime, or we're going to see each other again on Thursday. Let's do it on Thursday. So no guilt. But it's a wonderful exercise to get to know your children. Oh, what yeah. was the best part of their day? It usually wasn't what I thought it would be. What was the hardest part? And then to begin to cultivate the awareness of where was God? Where did you see God at work? Mm -hmm. And sometimes for my three-year-old, it was when someone helped him. That's how we noticed when his teacher was kind to him, when huh. when daddy put a bandaid on his knee, when, when mommy made him his favorite macaroni and cheese and he actually decided to eat it. Um, <laughs> And the lows. And it also helped my husband and I get to know each other because so much of our days are unseen by the other person. And to hear what the best part was, what the worst part was, and how they noticed God at work. It's really simple and it's really fun. Now, your little guy Lincoln tried to game the system here. What did he do? Yeah, he did. Um, so <laughs> we learned very quickly. We had to kind of let him find his own way into it because by day three, day one went great. And yeah. I felt so good. I'm a great parent. I'm nailing this. That's always the first clue that things are about to go south. <laughs> day three, he would say the high of his day was, you know, going to the park. The low of his day was he didn't get to go to Legoland. You're right. But maybe he'd get to go to Legoland tomorrow. Uh, and this that went God on. God would answer his prayer. This went on for a while, right? He's begging for theme park tickets in the middle of his prayer. <laughs> and at first, the controlling part of me wanted to like, no, 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 no. That's not what we do. But I had to just let him find his own way. And eventually, eventually he did. Yeah, and that's such a great, uh, you know, great way to know your child's heart. That's the key. That's what you're pointing out. Yeah. Find uh, kind of those things that you can start talking about that reveal your child's heart to you, and then that's the discipleship opportunity. Mm -hmm. How to steer them in a better way. How did you solve the the theme park ticket problem? We, yeah, and he kept saying it like that was a thing we did all the time. It wasn't. I don't even know. You know, the kids at preschool were telling, I don't know. But what we did was Daryl, my husband Daryl and I just modeled it. We would do a high, we would do a low, where we would do where yeah, we saw God. Consistent. And it took a few weeks, but eventually, right, the low was a friend getting hurt on the playground and the high was, you know, having dinner together. And, and yeah. sometimes also the high was when he went swimming and he got to see all the sharks, which didn't happen. There right. were no sharks, right? So the three-year-old's imagination. But I think, I think Jesus smiled at all of it. And sure. I think God was glorified. So to let him find his own way was, was a good learning opportunity for both Daryl and I. Danny, some good questions from Courtney Ellis to ask our children. What were the highs and the lows and other conversation starters just to get our children thinking about what is God doing? So what if I ask, you know, how was the day? And what I get back is a monosyllabic, fine. Yeah, that's a common answer, uh, isn't it? <laughs> I, it's almost like there are walls up. And there's a certain age where this becomes pretty predominant. It's 11, 12, 13. Right. Yes. How do I handle that? Well, try to switch up the question and go more towards their emotional state, where their emotions have been throughout the day. So you can say, hey, what surprised you today? Tell me something that surprised you. Or what, what was something that was frustrating to you today? 
kids live in that world and understand how to reprocess emotions, mm. not necessarily observations of the day. Okay. They don't know, especially boys. We, there's, there's a difficulty articulating the day. And so truly, they just, oh, it's fine, because that's easier to say. Help them go in the world that they're in normally. And so you could say, hey, was there a time you felt sad today or lonely? Loneliness is a huge thing for kids, and rarely do we ask kids, have you felt lonely today? How long of a pause should I wait for a, a 9- or a 10-year-old to give me an answer, especially if it's a boy and it's like, well, emotionally, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's so true. You're right on, John. I mean, there can be uh, a, a boy that says, "Why? Well, no, I didn't feel lonely today, or, or they may pause for a while like you're, you're addressing, and, and just being quiet for a moment, letting them think about it, and then come up with a new one, maybe five seconds, six seconds, you... You just wait. Maybe they don't know what to say, and mm-hmm. then you go, "Man, I, yeah, today I, I felt a little frustrated with this." And you share an emotion, and then then your child may be more open because you shared something, or you could say, "Hey, you know what? Let's go for a walk. Let's just take a walk for a little while." And usually, for kids, it takes a little while of connectedness before they start to get in that relational rhythm of being able to share things. Yeah. If it's an immediate, they're coming in, they're thinking they're gonna be resting or playing something, and you say, hey, how was your day? They're, oh, fine, I, they're really looking to do the next thing that they were planning on doing. But if it's a, a planned relational moment that you're gonna have, maybe you're gonna play ping pong, maybe you're gonna uh, go out and play pickleball or take a walk or a bike ride, if you have that time to do that, just to connect for a little while, many times conversation naturally starts to flow in a connected state. Otherwise, the brain's already moved past that and fine is the quickest answer. It's so, so fast to say. <laughs> and guys, if you go home and your wife asks, how was your day? And you say, fine, just be thinking about this conversation. Maybe you could turn the tables on her. Um, maybe you'd want to say, well, fine, how did you feel today? Or mm-hmm. what, was, what was good about your day? Apply some of this to your own relationship with your spouse, mm-hmm. not just your kids. And you know, John, one other thing on that is remembering things about our kids today and asking about that saying, hey, I remember you shared this. Hey, how'd that go today? Mm -hmm. What it's showing is they felt known. That's just an additional piece right there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Thanks for the free tip uh, (laughs) on top of the the, the extra icing on the cake. Well, we have uh, the book that Courtney Ellis wrote. Uh, You heard a little bit about it and some of the content in the conversation with Jim, Almost Holy Mama. And we've got copies of that here at the ministry. We'd ask that you consider a monthly gift or a one-time donation to Focus on the Family. We're listener-supported, and we rely on your faithful giving to continue reaching out around the world to equip parents and to help parents uh, raise that next generation well. So donate today, and uh, we'll send the book to you. All the details are in the show notes. And if you're in a spot where you're having a child who is giving you fine or maybe nothing, then you might want to talk to one of our caring Christian counselors. Uh, They're really good. They're totally trustworthy. They can hear out what the issue is and uh, give you some next steps, pray with you. Uh, That's a free service provided by our donors. So uh, call us and set up a time for one of those counselors to give you a call back. It's 800, the letter A, and the word family. Next time, you'll find encouragement for raising a child with special needs. And uh, for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. It's time to level up. Give your kids a safe, faith-focused, and biblically-based community, and so much more. Join the Adventures in Odyssey Club. 
club members get on-demand access to the exciting Adventures in Odyssey series, including more than 900 episodes. With faith-building activities, parental controls, and a safe online community, the Adventures in Odyssey Club could be your best adventure yet. Learn more and start your free trial at adventuresinodyssey.com radio.